Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. It's me, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. And I am here with a guest who I had the pleasure of being on a a co-presenter on a summit back in late 2020. Sean Murphy and I were placed back to back on a summit. And let me tell you, I watched his presentation and by the end of it went, Oh shit, I have to follow that <laughs> because he was so good. And so I immediately reached out to him that night and said, I have to have you on the podcast. And so here he is. If you don't know who Sean Murphy is, don't worry. By the end of this, you're going to be really happy that you're listening. So Sean, I'm going to introduce you. Give some information so that way people know who you are if they don't already, okay? Oh, I'll be happy to. And thank you so much for allowing me to share some time with you. And, and listen, you crushed it. So I'm glad I got to go first because it's that it's like, well, I'm glad I didn't have to follow that. You know, they're, they're, once you're first, the, the, usually the only way up, the only way you can go is up. So it was a lot of fun on that on that uh, webinar, that that summit that we did. My name is Sean G. Murphy. I'm a farm boy from Ohio. I uh, had a point nine grade point average in high school, barely made it through that and drove by a lot of colleges. My daddy said you could spend the next four years in college figuring out what you want to do with your life, or you can get your ass in front of the room with a pen and you can learn how to teach. Since I couldn't spell and all of that other stuff, I wound up getting in front of the the room and I've been in in front of the room now in this profession of MLM, which stands for me loving more, mentors leading mentors, uh, for 23 years now. And in that time, my first year was $80,000. Doesn't that sound awesome? Wait for it. In debt. Because some jackass told me how to do this business just by getting rid of the product without converting people in their own head, in their own space, in their own heart. So I got my PhD in network marketing my very first year, which stands for pilot higher and deeper. So I'm just here to have some fun. (laughs) Well, I love that. Thank you so much for that. And just a few other little tidbits that the listener should know, which is, Sean is a three times number one best-selling author. He's spoken in 30 different countries on the idea of mental toughness and addiction to approval. Now, let me tell you, my listeners are badass, but even badasses sometimes get a little addicted to wanting some approval. So I cannot wait to have a conversation about that. Sean's goal every day is to give one person enough mental freedom to be able to help someone close to them live their dreams and have the success they promised themselves that they would. Oh, I love that. That literally gives me goosebumps, Sean. Well, here's the thing. You've got some badass moms who are on this call and maybe some badass dads if they got the cojones to listen and to really understand that the smarter species is not us. (laughs) The challenge with being a badass is that you it's very rare that you ever get to do something for yourself. You'll go out and do it and you'll serve and you'll get the results, you'll get the you'll get the return, you'll get the reward, 
But boy, there's got at some point somebody's got to come up, pat you on the back, and go, "Hey, listen, thank you." When I traveled the world back when we used to travel, remember that? Yeah, I would walk up to some of the most amazingly beautiful women in the airports all around the world, and I would just say, "Hey, listen, I know it's tough." Meaning. Thank you for being so beautiful. You just sometimes don't roll out of bed that way. And if you do, I'm even sorry about that because everybody's so damn jealous of you. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you and all of your friends who, who really love you but don't know how to say thank you because they just don't know how to even hang out with you. So to all your listeners who are those badass moms and women and leaders and chargers, you know what, take a big breath with me right now. And for all of the people that couldn't say thank you to you or didn't have the guts or the balls to say thank you to you, hear it from me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now that is a nice way to start an episode. I love it. So you started out by telling us that you are already, you are someone who's in the MLM space. Are you still active in the space? How did you get into it? Let's get a little bit deeper into that. So uh, I fell in love with my bride 23 years ago on a blind date set up by my mother. That's a whole nother Jewish thing. <laughs> uh, my father's Irish. So a Jewish mother and an Irish father, don't ask me about the arguments in there. And at one point, I decided that I had, I had been, I must have been on 20 different auto ships being in sales, industrial sales. All of the contractors and the maintenance guys in these power plants and paper mills and stuff. And they all, hey, listen, you do good at this, right? The same thing we'd all say to everybody. So I'd sign up just so I could get the hell out of their office. And I had auto ships. I had a warehouse. I had a whole portion of my warehouse where auto ships went and we donated it every year because I never opened a box. Then I finally got tricked into it. And because my mom, somebody came over and cared enough about me and said, I want to give you this, this rollout. I want to give you this feeling. And I said, oh, you ain't touching me with that shit. I'm... <laughs> so I got my mom and my dad to come over. They live next door, which is another reason for therapy. But mom and dad come over. After 20 minutes of being around these products, she doesn't hurt. And so like every good son, I go, I want everything in the world to take care of my mom and dad. So I signed up. I said, can I get this at a discount price? They said, yeah, just become a distributor. Now, I own seven businesses. So I signed up, got my distributorship, and then they kept calling me for the freaking meetings. And I'm like, what the hell is this? They said, well, it's network marketing. I went, MLM? <laughs> yeah. And that's how I got involved. I got tricked into it. And I was, I was almost frustrated, but had it not been the, the result my mom got. So I said, all right, let me do my due diligence. I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneurial mindset. So I did my due diligence. I went to some meetings just so I could say I went. And I got to tell you, I got hooked because I saw doctors and single moms. I saw physicians and I saw uh, physical therapists and I saw elderly and I saw youth. And it wasn't a demographic. It was a psychographic. And it was a psychographic of people who wanted to do more. Now, the biggest challenge that most people have in our profession is that they put on the white coat and they join a missionary and they want to learn everything about their product and they, and they want to learn everything that they can about their comp plan and they want to go serve everybody, but they never asked anybody if they want to be served. And so I made it my mission for the last 20 years to get into this addiction to approval, to get into this mindset, to get into mental toughness, to get into accountability. And what I found is after about 200,000 interviews, on a scale of 1 to 10, 9.8 of us are addicted to approval. The other 0.2% are schizophrenic. And so <laughs> this addiction to approval is what crushes us. 
And you could sit there and listen. You're, you're this badass listening to me right now. I go, I could give a rat's ass about somebody and what they think of me. Really? When's the last time you asked for help? That's an addiction to approval. I don't give a damn if you're a hard charger. I don't give a... You could run somebody over and, not, and back up over them. That doesn't mean you're not addicted to approval. What's got you stuck? Einstein, Einstein said the thoughts that are man-made, the thoughts that are woman-made, that are badass mom-made can't be the same thoughts that get you out of where you're stuck that's addicted to approval because if you change if you change at the rate that you've changed already you're going to leave some people behind and your unconscious is going you can't do that the last time you left people behind some of them were your best friends so that's been my journey in this network marketing i've been to the tops i've had organizations of of a couple hundred thousand i've got an or a small organization now of thirty thousand down in latin america and it's just there's no better profession than this. But here's the challenge. I love what our profession can do for people. I despise what it does to people, which is why I started a call two years ago called Get Out of Your Effing Way. <sighs> and I changed it because I'm a big pansy. And I now call it the Daily Awakening Show because people are going, I won't get on your call because it says that. I said, the F stands for fear or frustrated or fatigued. And they're like, well, I don't think so. So I buckled. That's all right. <laughs> well, let me tell you, that's not something that really worried me because, you know, I've told people before when it comes to, to my show specifically, you know, my my intention with setting it as badass direct sales mastery and having the BDSM theme literally back in episode three, you can go back and listen. I, I gave a much longer explanation, but it's pretty much. I want people to self-identify with me and go, I want them to look at the cover art. I want them to look at the the fact that we sometimes have episodes that have the kink theme, or maybe we drop some F-bombs from here and there, whatever, from time to time. And I want them to go, oh, hell yeah, that's my chick. That's who I want to hang out with. That's who I want to listen to because, oi, I want people to self, I want people to self-identify as my tribe. Well, I've got somebody who the title of her book, I won't say her name, but the title of her book is Once Upon a Time, Bitches. <laughs> so I need you two to meet. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. She is tattooed from neck to toes and has seven kids. Nice. And it's once oh. upon a time, bitches. She's just, and she's this kind heart. And she'll tell you that I called her out a couple of times and, and called her to the carpet. But, you know, that's when you <laughs> it's know all certain good. personalities and psychographics. You can do that. You can have some fun. But she would be she would love having a conversation with you on this channel. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would. I would, too, because with a book title like that, I, I want to read it like right now. But jumping back into that, that first of all, that terminology, I'm very familiar with the term psychographic. But let me tell you, three years ago, before I started working with my own coach, psychographic was not a term I was familiar with, which is really funny because my background is my literally I have a degree in psychology, Sean. <laughs> So, but the psychographic, I, I want to help explain what that is compared to a demographic so that the, the listener can begin to understand if this is not something that they've ever been exposed to yet. So how do you define a psychographic versus a demographic? Demographic are facts you put on a paper. Psychographic, so 32 to 15, 32 to 38, female, Christian, college, no college, house, rent. The, the facts of a human are a demographic. The heart of a human is the psychographic. I can sit in an audience. My morning show has 18-year-olds and 81-year-olds on it. And the, both of them hear the same thing because of the psychographic. 
not their demographic. Demographic is all of the facts about you. The psychographic is the experience you want out of life and what you're looking for. It's your heart center. I'd also venture to say it's also kind of how you process and think too. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's part of programming. But yes, that does lead into the psychographic, absolutely. Because if you're somebody where everything comes up roses and you're 18, they call you, you know, you're... Pollyanna. Yeah, exactly. But if you're 81 (laughs) in that, they go, well, they just don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Right? Truth. And then for those of us who are in our 40s and are super positive, they're like, well, she just hasn't been through enough yet. Exactly. The shitstorm hasn't hit you yet. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, well, the shitstorm hit us all in the past year, and I'm still happy on purpose. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) So no, I definitely agree. So thanks for helping break that down, Sean, because I want to make sure that people understand the difference between the two. Because one of the things I encounter with a lot of my clients is as we're talking about who do you sell to, their first inclination is to say, well, I want to sell to everybody, right? Thanks for playing, Charlie. Let's Don Pardo please tell him their departing gift. They're going to be, listen, if you want to sell to everybody, (laughs) you're looking for significance and you're looking for certainty, that's going to wreck your life. Yep. It will absolutely, out of the six models of certainty, uncertainty, love and connection, certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and attraction, and then you get to growth and contribution. But the first four, if you're sitting in certainty and, and significance, you got, listen, your world's going to hurt. You're in pain. And sometimes when you're a badass... You have to stand up and fight for the significance, in the words of Jim Rohn, until. Until your significance runs through you at such a core and such a deep and such a level at a cellular and DNA level that it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. I know we can say we don't care what anybody else says, but these are the same people that get migraines once a month or twice a month or they get little headaches or their shoulders are always tight because you're carrying that stress around. It's the physiology of the result of the way you think. That's incredibly powerful. Be aware of where you're right now. If I were to ask your audience when they're listening to this, do a body scan, check your body. Where is there any discomfort? You may not even recognize it, but where's that tenseness? Where's that tightness? Where's that stress? If you're carrying stress, that's the body's physical fight because it's so pissed off that you haven't given yourself a chance to breathe, to relax, to let go. If you've got TMJ, your jaws are always hurting. Your neck is always stiff. You go to your masseuse. You go to a massage. What do you mean go to a massage? Exactly. You go to get a massage and they're (laughs) like, you are just nuts and bolts and nuts and you're like a rock. Yeah. And if that's you, that's the physiology of the bullshit of you telling yourself you're not affected by what's going on around you. Sorry to be the bearer of that little burden but i'm i'm a thousand miles or 500 miles away from you you can't find me and i ain't giving you my address (laughs) (laughs) truth no and i don't think that that's a shock to most people i know for me this whole conversation here brought up a conversation that i had with my chiropractor uh, probably eight ten years ago which was you know women tend to be a pain in the neck and men tend to be a pain in the ass so women tend to hold their tension so when sean said do a body scan women tend to hold their tension in their neck and their shoulders so hence pain in the neck men tend to hold it in their lower back they have it more in their core and so that's why they tend to be a pain in the 
ass. So because the pain is closer to their butt, right? But it's certainly true that, you know, I, you know, I literally just posted this on my Facebook, shared it on my Facebook page a, a day or two ago from the day that this was being recorded back in January. It was something that said something along the lines of release your jaw, drop your tongue from the top of your mouth, drop your shoulders. Like, and I was like, I need to post this like at least once a week. (laughs) I need to post this at least once a week, just as a reminder to do those things for myself. Because yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I hold, that's where I hold all my tension and my stress. And while I'm not thinking about it, and I'm sure the listener probably feels the same way because we're all busy moms or dads running our business, running our family, running our lives. And we don't take a moment just for ourselves to go through and, and release that every once in a while. I'll do a real quick exercise with you. So, Ooh, please. And, and so here's what I want everybody to do so, so that you can understand the physiology of the body. So I, just sitting where you're sitting now, if you're driving, of course, don't do this, but where you're sitting Put your hands out, palms down. Don't have to put your arms straight out. They can just be over the top of your, your, your legs if you're just sitting there, but just palms down. And I want you to take just a little bit bigger breaths. I want you to take three breaths. Palms down, just feeling it, feeling the air in your chest. Another big inhale, another big exhale. Not super big. I just want you to notice how the air is filling up your lungs. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm just going to ask you to turn at the wrists, palms up. And I want you to take three breaths again. And I want you to see if you notice anything different, where you feel the air filling your lungs. And when you get three breaths done again, just turn them back over. And see if you don't feel that difference. See, yoga isn't about stretching or doing these things or get it going into 190 degree Bikram, whatever the hell that is. It's about being at one with you. And if you felt that difference where how it filled your lungs, that was simply turning your hands, opening your hands up. That's one of the hardest things for any badass, male, female, non-gender specific, you name it. It's the ability to put your hands up and say, I need some help. And here's what I know that Jeannie does. And she's got this online course that's probably, I don't know, maybe you've signed up for it now or you haven't yet, but I would encourage you to check it out. But she's not asking you to put your hands up, but she's going to be there for the moment you decide, I need some help. It's the hardest thing for a badass woman to do. Because you gotta, you got to admit you're, you couldn't do it. You've been, listen, you've got to, you got to show up on a Zoom and look sexy. I can show up with a hat and on backwards and a (laughs) t-shirt. And you got to have at least your hair in place. Because if you don't, then you're, then you're this badass where everybody's just like, but when you do put your stuff on, everybody's going to give you shit. Because, oh, look how pretty you are. You've showed up like a, like a bag of hot rocks always. And now you're all sexied up. You're going to get it one way or the other. And that's the part where the addiction shows up. And it's, there's three levels of consciousness, conscious, subconscious, unconscious. The unconscious is where this resides. It's why your shoulders are in a knot or your, you get your, your jaw hurts because you don't even know you're clinching it. What's happening here in this badass community is it's okay to ask for help. I'm just guessing. But I know that if you're inside of a certain group, a certain psychographic where you could help each other. Here's what I do know. Any listener that's listening to this right now, if one of the other listeners said, I need some help, you'd be there in a freaking heartbeat and you don't even know them. 
Amen. Could we be there for in frickin' heartbeat for you and you don't even know us? Is it okay? That's what I love about this community. For sure. Absolutely. And that's, I love that you brought that up because that was one of the, seriously, one of the big takeaways I took from watching your presentation back in November was the three questions. Do you mind sharing those? Do I, do I have your permission? Yep. Is that yep, those yep, three? Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so there's funny how lots of things are threes. I'm Irish, three leaf clover, right? All those things. So when you sit down and have a conversation with somebody, you're, you're a strong woman. And especially if you get, if you get to the nines dressed and you're going out to do your presentation and the person who's meeting you, their bottom of their shoes aren't red, but they got red food coloring on them because they got a baby. It ain't the same thing. When they sit down across from you, there's a little bit of intimidation. There's a lot of intimidation because they're already being sitting in front of somebody who could actually do a presentation, have a conversation, have a dialogue, knows, can, can juggle 75 things and still looks all good. So things that helps is to, to make it okay for them to relax. You want to see, you want to watch their shoulders drop. So I, I've, I, listen, I'm a farm boy from Ohio, 0.9 grade point average. There's not, I didn't do well in school. (laughs) So I had to come up with better ways to let somebody else tell me exactly what they want. My daddy always said, everybody knows what they want. You just got to help them take the next step. So here's three questions that I had come up with. First question is, is when you sit down and after the niceties, you say, Hey, listen, I'm just here to have a conversation. I want to make sure I bring value to you. I want to make sure I'm of service to you. Because now, because the, the second you start do, going into what it is that you love that you're doing, they can't hear it that way yet. They're going to hear it as the pitch. Mm-hmm. So I ask a question. Hey, listen, before we get started, would it be okay if I asked you three questions? Simple questions. First question is, is would I have your permission to help? Now, I don't know if I'm going to help. But if I did lend something to your day to make it a little bit better, leave it, leave you from this meeting a little better than we found each other because you're going to help me, would it be okay if that happened? Would I have your permission to help? And they're, of course, going to say, yes, that's why I'm here, but they're never going to ask for help. Second question is, it, gets a, it might feel, make you feel a little uncomfortable, but if you're going to go after something you've never had to go for a goal you've, you've dreamed of, wouldn't it be fair to say you might have to do something you've not done or maybe hear something you've not heard or feel a way maybe you've not felt? So would it be okay if I made you a little bit uncomfortable? And they're going to probably say, yeah, because now they feel a level of confidence in you. But here's the thing. If they say no to, do I have your permission to help? My conversation's over. I'm not in the convincing business. Then I get yes to that and I go to the next one. Do I have your permission to make you feel just a little bit uncomfortable? And I preface it. Then I say this. If you answer that question correctly, you're going to love question number three. And they usually say, yeah. I say, now listen, if we need to create a safe word, like if I get you so nervous and you get starting to get knots in your stomach, just say farfic nougat or something and we'll back up. (laughs) But then they relax and they go, no, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, so here's question number three. Do I have your permission to take you out of any uncomfortable feeling I may have put you in? So when you leave here, you leave here happier, more joyful. We may never do business together, but you leave here better than you sat down. Would that be okay? And you watch their shoulders. If they're, if they're sitting upright, you'll hear their feet slide across the floor a little bit when they relax and they, and they start to let their, their thighs loosen up a little bit. They relax their calf muscles. All of a sudden... They've now begun the connection. 
And that's all you want. Because sometimes, I don't know how many of you have ever left a meeting and you went, I don't know why they didn't get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they weren't open to it, right? One of the conversations I've had with my clients and taught in way too many webinars to count is permission-based sales, right? And every conversation we have, every conversation we have is a sales conversation, people. I don't care if it's with your spouse, your kid, whatever. You're selling your kid on eating broccoli. You're selling your spouse on getting it on with you that night. You are always selling, right? So if you don't have permission to have that conversation, like Sean just went through with those three questions, by the end of that conversation, they feel safe comfortable because they understand what the expectations are from the conversation. Right, Sean? And it gives them a chance for them to be able to listen. Yes. Because now they can hear the help. Yeah. How many times have you spoken to your spouse and you gave them exactly what to do and they go, what, what, what? (laughs) And you told them exactly what to do and you just go, screw it. My bride, a lot of times with her work, she works in the, in the executive world. And she's like, it's just easier for me to freaking do it myself. Yeah. I go, but that's that's poor management. Screw that. I don't want to be up at midnight every night fixing shit that they did that they didn't do three weeks ago. So I said, well, your your style of management's a little bit different. She's an attorney. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, for sure. It all starts with making sure you have the person's attention. And I think those three questions will definitely get someone's attention because How often has someone asked those questions of you, let alone how often have you asked those questions of somebody else? So once you have that permission, it's so much easier to get into the business conversation, especially the opportunity conversation, because I'd have to say 95% or more of people in direct sales leave that part of a conversation out. They'll talk about the product. They are so focused on the product and then they never even discuss the business opportunity because they never got permission to take someone to that level of discomfort. Yeah. And and the challenge is, is that they talk about what they're comfortable with. And all I can tell you is that most people aren't taught human basic conversation. And they, they know we, you know what you know that you know, but raise your hand if you would agree you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And the key is the prospect knows exactly what they know. And they don't want, they're not even prepared to hear what you know, because if it is, they've got to make changes in their life. What, what we need people to do is to, that we need people to show up fundamentally excited to change. Tell me the last time you met somebody like that. Oh, I'll tell you, a three-year-old. <laughs> right? You're on, you're, you're on a Zoom and all of a sudden they decide they want to change and they take off their diaper and they're running around naked. Yep. They don't care. But your prospect, until you lower their defenses, see, if you activate, and we're going to get a little, I don't want to get too scientific because I'm not the science guy. But the second you ask them a question that causes the fight or flight, and the fight or flight means the brain looks for two things. Will it kill me or how fast could I recognize the pattern? Everything you're about to say to them is a pattern interrupt, is a pattern break. So they can't find the pattern, so the brain immediately defaults to fight or flight, which activates the amygdala, the hippocampus and the hypothalamus, and the amygdala fires off and says, warning, warning, Will Rogers, danger, danger, danger. And it makes them, honestly, science has proven 25% less smart. In a blink, 
25% less smart. You were sitting with somebody who was scared. Now they're frightened to death, but they've been good at masking it because they've been living in a stressful state since January 2nd, 2020. So the way you break them out of that is you get them to use their prefrontal cortex. When the brain activates the prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of your brain, the amygdala goes, oh, okay. Everybody back down. We're okay. They're asking questions. They're answering questions. Everybody slow down. And asking questions are simple things like, that's a beautiful color. Where did you get that purse? We call it building rapport, but it's really building the rapport so they can hear you and activate the prefrontal cortex into the thinking logic brain, the logic center of the brain. What, what month were you born in? All of a sudden, it goes back. That's the pattern they can recognize. They're in a safe place. Now you can have a safe conversation. So, so smart. So, <laughs> man, I could I could go on with this forever, but I know that that you and our listener have other things to do. So we're going to have to just set up another time to talk, Sean, because this is bloody freaking brilliant. So before we go, though, you have been so generous to offer a video, a free video for our listeners to go watch. And a little bit of a workbook now that I Oh, is there it. too? <laughs> nice. Awesome. So tell us what your freebie is, and then everybody, I'll tell you how to get it once he lets us know what the giveaway is. So it's 101 things you want in 20 minutes. And I walk you through, there's a video that walks you through how to prep yourself for it. And then the workbook has all of the places in there for you to write down your, your goals in it. And the challenge is, is that you may want to take this little workbook printed off a couple of times because you'll have access to it forever. And it's about you getting you in charge, you getting you to be thinking, because you have done so much for so many, right? What's that phrase? You've done so much with so little for so long, you can now do anything with nothing. Yep. If you start to dream, if you can go write down 101 goals that you want from your business out of life in 20 minutes, you're a freaking rock star. You're probably not listening to this call. We're probably listening to one of yours. <laughs> Truth. But if you only get to 20 or 30 and you're freaking out and you're distracted and you're like, shit, I'll get back to this. That's just a clue. Jim Rohn would say that's a clue. That's an addiction to approval because in, when you finally get to a point to where you can write down 101 goals, more than just a word, a couple of words, but you are just writing for 20 minutes about your dreams, your desires, your wants, your wishes – you have broken through and you have said it's okay to be in service to more instead of being more service to few. Oh, love it. That is so powerful. So I know I want the video and the workbook personally just to see how I do because now, now I'm like, I'm feeling challenged here, Sean. <laughs> so... <laughs> so Funny how that happens with badass. No, we're women. we're kind of competitive like that, right? I dare you. I dare you, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. So, listener, you know the drill. As long as you're not driving, pick up your phone because we all know you're listening through your phone right now. Click on the episode, scroll up just a little bit, and you're going to see the link to Sean's video and workbook right here in the show notes. So just go ahead. You know what to look for, right? Where it says freebie slash giveaway. You go click on that right now. Take a look at what Sean has offered for you to take you through that process. And Sean, thank you so much for giving so much of yourself and your time for this episode today. And we're, we're going to book you back because this conversation has got to go longer. <laughs> I love it. And, for, and again, for everybody that's listening, that's 
that's listened to all of the podcasts, that's, that's looked at all of the different information that you have, that's part of the online training program that you've got out. Thank you. I know you don't necessarily hear it, and from a guy, it's, you know, is it tongue-in-cheek? Is it, is it a backhand slap? No, it's not. Because my goal in life is to be a better dad, better husband every day. And I can't do that without you. My son needs strong women in his life. He's got a strong mom, but we're mom and dad. We're both freaking idiots, right? He needs strong women like you so that he knows when he holds open a door and he gets a thank you, or he doesn't, he's going to do it because the honor and respect that you deserve is lacking out there. And so I want you to be, I want you to show up in my son's life and my life so we can pay you honor and respect, but thank you for being this badass mom, this badass leader. Amen to that. Thank you, listener. You guys know how much I love you. And Sean, thank you for your time. We truly appreciate that you and your efforts to help us all out here in the direct sales, network marketing, and MLM world, because we know there are many people who look at us kind of out of the side of the eye going, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, right. And we're all here saying we're going to make it. And so to hear someone like you cheering us on saying, thank you, we appreciate it more than you know. So thank you so much for being here. And guys, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.